Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. There go the runners, and DeYoung sends one out to deep center field. Akiyama back, gone! Grand slam, Paul DeYoung! His first grand slam in the big leagues on a 3-2 pitch. Sends it out to center field and the grand slam for the Cardinals shortstop. Great moment for Paul DeYoung. The grand slam, the Cardinals hold on 7-5 and they take game one of what is a very important stretch of baseball and a very important series against the Cincinnati Reds. Welcome into Scoops with Danny Mack on a Tuesday edition, Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. I always love getting the feedback, especially early in the show, 65780-65780. That is the text line. Scott Manziara is our producer-engineer. Good moment uh, yesterday with Mr. DeYoung, was it not? Yeah, that was so much fun, man. I mean, that count, I remember watching when that ball went off the bat. There's not too many this year where I'm like, okay, that's gone. But that one was, I mean, you were, I was like, that's gone. I called it. He said, um, he said he was kind of anticipating the fastball. He said Kisner told him, take it up the middle. And it was working counts. He was watching. He was watching before that about how DeSlefani was pitching some of the other guys. And now that was game number 51 against the Reds. He's got big numbers at Great American Ballpark. That was his 44th hit against Cincinnati. And now of those 44 hits, over half of those have gone for extra base hits. And here's Paul DeYoung afterwards. Um, I think it's just the comfort level, um, especially now with no fans. Uh, you know, just not trying to do too much. The ball is, is going to fly. You saw the way Suarez hit that ball in the last inning off the plate, and, and he smashed it to right center. So, you know, just knowing knowing that a, a normal good swing, a good contact will do the job uh, kind of gives us a little little bit of a, a relaxation in the box so that we know we don't have to try to do too much. It'll, it'll just happen. And it did. That was a big moment for the Cardinals, and then Dakota Hudson did the rest. And you could see Dakota Hudson, he is more refined with what he's doing with his approach in terms of his delivery towards the plate. That is big. He also has confidence to throw his sinker. He's got a power sinker. He's throwing a slider, a little cutter, whatever you want to call it. But either way, seven innings and no walks, and that was big. I definitely think think that the cutter-sinker uh, combo it just definitely opens up different sides of the plate. But if I'm not commanding anything, then it's not really going to be a strikeout pitch. Um, so for me, it's more about getting ahead and then being able to use just whatever and having that confidence to throw anything in any count. So, I mean, I'm not really limiting any one pitch as much as I'm just trying to continually get get to where I'm ending at bats. Tonight, KK goes. Looking forward to this one. It's against Sonny Gray. Jim Day will be my guest. He is the play-by-play voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and we'll talk about what's happening right now with the Reds. They are under 500. They did get a couple of hits from Suarez last night, including a three-run homer late. That was off of Jake Woodford, and that was big for them. They got to get him going. Joey Votto, uh, he had the three-day layoff, and really that was more of a benching. We talked about it last night, kind of a mental break, but kind of you know it was more of a benching for him. He's got to get going. Mustakis has got to get going. Akiyama's got to get going. They're not getting going. 
the offense for them is not going. So this is a big game for them with Sonny Gray, who, along with Bauer, is really their ace. But back to the Cardinals, right before the Grand Slam, Mike Schilt talked about the key at bats. Hand in hand. You know, they do. They go hand in hand. You know, it's not that we're looking to walk, but we're taking our walks, and we are working our walks. So, you know, we're taking what the game allows. We trust the guy behind us because everybody's taking a good at bat. Um, you know, we're working and we're being tough. And then we get to a situation um, where we can get a good pitch. We put a good swing on it. But, you know, both Goldie and Miller are disciplined guys and know that, hey, this is what the game's giving me. We want to do damage. We want to take good swings. Not around the plate. We're going to let the next guy do some damage. It's a good team, team approach. It works. So the Cardinals win the ball game, and the Cardinals are now back to the 500 mark. They've had a couple of hits of COVID-19. Cardinals back to 500. It is game number two tonight. The trade deadline has come and gone. The Cardinals stood pat. It's interesting. They're starting to get stretched out with their starters. We saw that on Sunday with Adam Wainwright. He goes nine innings. Last night, the seven innings from Dakota Hudson. Kim, tonight you're looking at 90 to 100 pitches. I think now you're getting more into the rhythm of the season where the starters can give you depth, which means rest in the bullpen. He has talked about before earlier in his career in the KBO. Hey, I was a strikeout guy. This is a former MVP in the KBO when he was a young pitcher. Now he wants to go deep into games. The importance for him is innings. So I would anticipate that tonight if he's right, if he's on. And John Moselock was on a Zoom last night, and he said he's proud of what the team has gone through to get to this point. Clearly, this is a team that's that's happy to be back playing baseball, happy to back on the, be back on the field, but recognizes there's still some things we have to work through. And, you know, circumstances can create these types of environments and and you know none of us have experience sort of managing these rosters when you have a third of your roster go out with COVID and and how people return from COVID is different than maybe when you're dealing like with a traditional injury of a sprained ankle or, or a hamstring and so we're trying to do the very best we can to get our, ourselves back and and you'll see this week we, we will start to see players return um, like we saw last week and that's encouraging, but um, you know, I, I think you know. Reality is, is, is the message to the to our club is: look, you know, I'm proud of everything these guys have been through because they've been through a lot, and and to to be where they are and, and still competing at the level they do it with no days off and and you know no rest for the weary is, I admire that. I think it's impressive. I do, too, and I I don't think it should be overlooked. I'm not trying to make excuses for the club. They played a lot of baseball. There were guys that were not stretched out, including their starters, their relievers. They had a lot of roster turnover. Look, it should not be overlooked. To get through that first road trip was daunting. They've done it. They're hovering around 500. Now guys getting back into the normal stages of what is a quote-unquote if you want to say it, normal season. So, Wayno, nine on Sunday, seven last night. We'll see what KK's got tonight. The Cardinals, though, did not make a move at the trade deadline. It was sort of a tricky balance for us, candidly, because of uh, when you think about having to, to manage the, the 46-person COVID list to then try to bring something into the system, then something had to go back out. And if we weren't able to cut a deal where we could simply try to take somebody from that 46 off, then that was almost like a tax on doing a deal because ultimately then that person would either have to be outrighted or be given their release. And so it was uh, it was just something difficult for us to feel like we were getting a deal that we felt 
made sense for us moving forward. And, you know, candidly, we never really felt like we were all that close to some things, but, you know, we explored a lot of different uh, ideas in terms of what we could possibly do to make this club better. But uh, we're in a very unique spot just because, you know, as a club, we still really have only played five games together as the team we thought we were going to have when we broke uh, Camp 2.0. And one of the things he did address yesterday is the fact that the club is not quite where it needs to be, in his mind, offensively. Well, I, you know, my opinion really hasn't changed on that. It's it's still been uh, a pretty short sample size that we have right now. But, um, you know, you also have to try to balance that with trying to have success. But... You know, right now, when you're looking at outfield production, it hasn't been what we had hoped for. I mean, you, you pull uh, everybody out of that equation other than Dexter, and from an offensive standpoint, we're not where we need to be. And so I think what you're going to see is is trying to find someone to get hot and, and to do that. But, you know, from an evaluation standpoint, I think, you know, we're in a unique situation. So, you know, my hope is is that guys are still going to get opportunities out there to see what we have, so then we can have a, a, a true strategy and one that we can then chase this offseason if we feel like we have to go external to answer um, what we need to look like. So then the question becomes, is Tommy Am- uh, Edmund the answer in left field? I'm not so sure that's the right way to go about it. Does Lane Thomas get a run? Dexter Fowler's been fine and right. Is Bader going to get a run? Do you go back to O'Neal? What do you do with Carpenter? Those are the questions that are probably on the table right now for the club. They have to be. Miller's cooled off a little bit as the designated hitter. So that is probably what Mike Schilt is dealing with right now as he is making out a lineup looking at game number two. It's a tough thing to deal with because you have options. Now, you may say right now as you're driving around or listening, you're saying, well, those aren't great options. Those are the options that are on the table. I want to see Lane Thomas. I want to see him get a run. When he's had small sample sizes last year, he produced. He hasn't had that chance yet. Hasn't had that chance yet. I want to see it. Where do you want to see him? Um, I'm liking what I've seen out of Bader right now. I, I really do. I want to see him in left right now. If that's the way it's going to be, and I want to see Edmund play third base. So if that means Carpenter's got to sit, then Carpenter's got to sit. So you want your outfield to be Thomas, Bader, Carlson? And Carlson has not looked good. I didn't like his at-bats yesterday at all. Completely agree. Um, and one of the ways that maybe I would look at Carlson, at least right now, and I want to see Carlson play a lot, okay? But I've got to be careful with him because he's a young player, and I don't want him to lose confidence, okay? I would look, and I understand what Mike is trying to do. I like the idea of Wong and Edmund at the top. I would flirt with this idea. I don't know if he's going to do it. I would look at putting Carlson in front of Paul Goldschmidt, just tinker with it and see what that would do. Number one, bolster a little confidence, putting him at the top, saying, hey, we believe in you, young man. But also, as well as Goldschmidt is going right now, see what kind of pitches he may get hitting in front of Paul Goldschmidt. Just tinker with it a couple of times, a couple of games. Just see what happens. I would tinker with it. Um, now, when you put him at nine, once you go through an order one time through, it's it's a different looking lineup because it just it flows you know I mean it's just it's shuffled. I would think about it just to shuffle it up just to see what happens. Those are a couple of things on the table I would look at right now. So if you have Carlson at the two hold, where do you move Tommy Edmonds to then? Tommy, I drop. You know, I, I would put him maybe in the six just to change it up or put him at a nine. So I'd have essentially back to back leadoff guys. 
just a, just a, again, just a different way to look at it. Yeah, and I think a lot of fans will be here listening saying, hey, you know, they obviously have offensive problems, but then as soon as you start messing with that lineup, they're like, wait, actually, I don't know. You can't move Tommy Edmond from there. You can't move Colton Wong. Like, those guys aren't hitting. You got to stay with Carlson at nine because he's not hitting, but you're right. You have to switch it up. That's the That's the literal definition of insanity is rolling the same thing out there every day and expecting a different result. Well, they had so seven, change it up. Well, they had seven runs last night. Tommy Edmond did fine. And Colton Wong actually had a couple of hits. So I'm not moving Wong. I'm just trying to get the best out of Dylan Carlson right now. If that's if he's going to play, if he's going to be here, he's got to play. It doesn't mean he has to play every single game. So let's pump the brakes here. Yeah, that's well, that's where that's where my head was at. I was like, man, uh, Dylan Carlson has missed now what two games t- total since he's been up. Well, it's and what I'm trying to say is it's delicate. You know, he's a young kid. He's 21. So I understand when you bat him ninth, it's taking a little pressure off him. But also, if you put him second, you also are saying, hey, we, we believe in you. And by the way, his defense has been great. Love his defense anywhere I put him. But maybe just maybe you get a little bit of confidence, too, by putting him second and see what happens, what how he's pitched in front of Goldschmidt. Don't know if it would change anything. Just thinking outside the box. We'll see. I say we see it. Let's uh, talk it over with Jim Day coming up, and that is next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Should be a good matchup as KK Kim will go against Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray has been outstanding for the Reds. You can see the game on Fox Sports Midwest. Jim Day has had a variety of roles on the broadcast for the Cincinnati Reds, whether it be the host of Reds Live or Sideline or Play-by-Play. Currently is the play-by-play man on their TV broadcast, and he joins me now. And, and Jim, as always, it's uh, great to hear your voice. I wish we were seeing you in person. Had the chance to see you many years doing Blues hockey, you were doing the Blue Jackets and now uh, covering the Reds and the Cardinals. But uh, great to hear your voice and uh, great to, to hear your voice and, and have baseball back. How are things going with you? Oh, well, likewise, it's great to hear your voice as well, Danny. And uh, yeah, it's boy, 2020 is uh, is just so different for, for everyone involved and not being able. I mean, one of the, the best things about our business is the camaraderie we have even between uh, broadcast crews. We see each other so much being division opponents and like you said we even go back to our hockey days and uh just not seeing you guys around the ballpark or having a chance to come to st louis which i enjoy a great baseball town it's always a great atmosphere even though the cardinals uh usually handle business against the reds it's still great coming into st louis so uh missed everyone everyone involved i'm trying to figure out what the deal is here with the cincinnati reds and maybe you can help me out here um the reds pitch in terms of their starters, but yet relievers not there. Fourth worst uh, ERA going into this series, but maybe they bolster that up uh, with Archie Bradley. I look at the lineup, I see big names, but yet it just hasn't come together. What? what how would you sum up what's happening right now with the 2020 Reds? Listen, if you can figure out baseball, <laughs> if anyone can figure out the game of baseball, uh, you're going to be a rich person. I, I It's... It's baffling, Dan. Uh, the, the bullpen has been better. 
of late, but I, you know, I wouldn't say a, a good bullpen yet. Archie Bradley will help. The starting pitching has been really, really good. Um, but the, yeah, they, they, they sunk some money in the off season into their offense, bringing in Nick Castellanos, bringing in Mike Moustakis, hoping that Shogo Akiyama could make the leap, uh, from Japan. Uh, you still have, um, Votto in the lineup, although an, an aging Votto, and you have a Eugenio Suarez who had 49 home runs a year ago. Um, so it just has not clicked. Now, it's been amazing to look around baseball and see the lack of hitting uh, league-wide. Uh, but the Reds have even been you know, worse than that. They just have not been able to string together innings with multiple hits consistently. They've relied on the home run ball uh, too much. And it just has not developed into a lineup that has been consistently potent. And they've, you know, their record is pretty much where they should be because they have not hit. And I think they're still tr- scratching their head at how it just has not happened. Sonny Gray will go tonight. He, he has figured it back out with the Cincinnati Reds, so hasn't he? Oh, big time. He's uh, he's really fun to watch uh, because he's he's like he's got a bulldog mentality out there. Uh, much like you see, you know, many of the, the Cardinals pitchers as you've seen over the years, uh, really a competitor, one of the best breaking balls that you'll see in the game uh, and pretty lively fastball as well. He is definitely the ace of, of the Red staff. Uh, he's been uh, a joy to watch and really put it together. And he had a bad experience in New York with the Yankees. They were trying to get him to throw maybe pitches he didn't want to throw. He's kind of back to himself. Derek Johnson is now a pitching coach um, for the Reds, whom he had in college. Uh, they have a good relationship. And just kind of, uh, you know, DJ's model, Derek Johnson's motto is be great at what you're good at. So he allows these guys to throw the pitches that they want, but be great at your good pitches. So it's been a combination that has worked between those two. And uh, Gray has it going on. He, he's been very, very solid. We've seen David Bell in St. Louis. He's the manager of the Reds. He served a suspension last night. Um, how can David Bell get this thing going? I, I, I know it's kind of the million-dollar question. Loved him when he was here in St. Louis as a bench coach. Great guy, great baseball family. But what can he do to try to get things going? What do you, what do you think the formula would be? Well, I'm, I'm sure at times he feels helpless as well. You write out a lineup and you've got the names that we're talking about in there, I didn't even mention Jesse Winker, who's yeah. uh, you know going into last night was second in all of baseball and OPS, um, who has is really been the most consistent hitter not only for the Reds but uh, throughout Major League Baseball. Um, so it, I, I'm sure he's writing out the lineup and you know questioning like we're questioning like how how is this lineup not working. Um, I'm not sure what you could do. I'm sure that he's uh, in a helpless situation. He's about as positive a guy as I've ever been around um, to the point that you almost want him to come out and just start ripping players or or at least being a little more critical, but he is ultra positive. Um, How you ignite that fire. I I don't know. There's not, there's not much time left to do it though. Um, They have not been able to string together a winning streak as well. Uh, it's probably going to take more than just winning two out of three and winning series. They're going to have to go on a, a winning streak to get back in this, even though these expanded playoffs um, 
you know, no one's running away with second place in the division. If you finish second, you're in, and even getting that eighth wild card spot, if you will, uh, you know, if you finish 500, you're probably in. Yeah. So is it doable to get to 500? Yeah, but they've got a they've got a string together, a winning streak, and they just haven't been able to do it. Jim Day is uh, going to call the Reds game tonight, and Sonny Gray against Kim. Um, so the Reds go out, they, they get Archie Bradley. You also pick up an outfielder. How, how will that change maybe the, the lineup and what you can do with the, the various guys that you have in your lineup? What do you, what do you think about that? Well, they were talking about Goodwin being an extra outfielder. Um, they've got Winker in the outfield who also is a designated hitter. Um, they've had Shogo Akiyama playing center field and Nick Castellanos. One thing that they have been missing is Nick Senzel has been out. He's been on the injured list um, and really no timetable for his return. And he, you know, was going to be the everyday center fielder with Akiyama in left field. So that has hurt them. There's no doubt. And they've been searching for a leadoff man, a leadoff hitter. They haven't got much production outside of, Votto over the last three games, they've been hitting Joey Votto in the leadoff spot, not his natural position. So they've been searching for a leadoff hitter, and Sinzel would certainly help in that regard. So Goodwin, I would look at you know a left-handed bat that would be an extra outfielder, but he's a veteran. He's got some pop. He's going to get some playing time. There's no doubt about that. They wouldn't have traded for him if not. Uh, the one thing that was important to the Reds is they control both players through next season. So this wasn't just a 20-some game rental for them, um, you know, barring anything unforeseen. Archie Bradley and Goodwin will be at the Reds next year. And if Bradley pitches to form, then that really bolsters the bullpen. Anytime you can add a guy that has back end of the bullpen experience, obviously that's going to help. So uh, it would look good going into 2021 adding those guys. Uh, whether or not they can make the difference here in 2020, that remains to be seen. Sure. Um, in terms of Votto, he had a three-game break. Uh, we talked about it on the telecast last night. You know, here's a guy making an upwards of $20 million. He's kind of the leader of the team in, in some ways, you know, by being a presence of his bat, where he's been as a hitter. Um, he's a veteran. It's a short season. How did that play with the team? How did that play with the media? How did it play with the fan base? What what did people think with him taking kind of the, the mental break last week? Well, it, you know, it was, according to Votto, it was a benching. It, it wasn't mutual that he was out of the lineup. Now, he was struggling mightily, um, and we haven't seen it much um, from Votto. But, you know, we're talking about an aging player who's 37 now, um, and he is a and I don't want to make any excuses for Joey Votto. He would be the last one to make excuses as well. But he's one of those guys that is a complete routine guy. And he's used to making adjustments and working it out through hard work and adjustments over a 162-game season. And he was being judged on a 30-game performance. And he's had bad 30-game stretches. But he usually works it out over the long haul just by the process well, this process has totally changed in 2020. I think it's affected veterans more than it has younger players. Um, and I think 2020 affected him more than other players. But it was, according to him, a benching. And mm-hmm. it was actually a pretty big moment for David Bell as a manager to sit down a guy making that much money who's been the face of the franchise for a long time and has been you know, one of the best hitters in the game. Um, so, but he needed a break. I mean, it, 
he's looked much, much better over the last few games since it's happened. Um, but it, it, as far as the media, uh, I think people were a little bit surprised. The fans, many, uh, probably some were calling for it. I mean, you know, fans, we live in a fickle society. Yeah. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Absolutely. Um, so I, I think the first day that it happened, it was a little bit surprised, even more surprised that it lasted three games because Joey was healthy. Um, but the Reds at that time were winning. Uh, they won four out of five. They won four straight. So they were winning with him out of the lineup. Yeah. Um, and were suddenly scoring runs. So David kind of just, you know, stuck with that. Um, but it was a surprise. And we're going to see going forward, you know, as he ages, um, and he's still under contract for three more years. So, you know, I think it's going to be an adjustment period where eventually he's going to ha- he's going to have more games off. And I don't want to say they're going to platoon him, but he's going to have more games off and eventually will move down in the lineup. So this was kind of a wake up call. that OK, maybe this is the beginning of that. I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Trevor Bauer is an interesting guy. What, what's been your uh, experience uh, with Trevor Bauer? What's it been like? Uh, he's, he's, he's fine to deal with. He is definitely an interesting guy, uh, <laughs> smart. Um, I mean, <laughs> he had, he's involved in so much, uh, on and off the field has his own media company. He's doing videos all the time. Um, and you know, he rubs the people the wrong way because he's very outspoken. But one thing I'll say is he puts himself out there and he puts a name to it. He's yeah. not out there barking and, Putting it on someone else, he puts his name on it, and he lives with it. Um, but he's, you know, he's very knowledgeable about the game, and certainly in today's game with all the analytics um, going on, um, he's really dialed into that and has helped other Reds pitchers in that regard. So he's a really good teammate. He's liked in the clubhouse. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. He's in a free agent year. He said over the years that he's just going to sign one-year deals. He's, he's not looking for a multi-year deal. He wants to go year by year, and he wants to be in a position where he can win and be happy. So it'll be interesting to see this offseason what happens and if he sticks to that. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that when he's on, man, he, he, he can be flat-out nasty. Hey, Jim, great to hear your voice. Uh, good luck tonight, and thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. All right, Danny. Great to hear you, man. My friends, stay healthy, and uh, we'll hopefully see you sooner than later. It sounds good to me. That's Jim Day of the Cincinnati Reds. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. First of all, the guys did a great job uh, working working Dave Sclafani at the end there. Um, I thought we made him work really hard today. Uh, Threw a lot of pitches. We had a lot of great at bats on him, and I was on deck. And Kisner said, "Hit this ball straight away." So, you know, he kind of locked me in with my direction right there, and you know, just got a three-two fastball I could handle, and didn't try to do too much, and uh, you know, ended up being a big difference in the game. There go the runners, and the Young sends one out to deep center field. Akiyama back, gone. Grand slam, Paul De Young. His first grand slam in the big leagues on a 3-2 pitch. Sends it out to center field and the grand slam for the Cardinals shortstop. Finally feel like I'm back in, in the swing of things, playing every day. Um, and this is my uh, normal playing every day. So, you know, I knew it would take a, a week or so of being sore and kind of just getting back into the routine, less time at the park, uh, just 
always I'm just trying to to stay with the improv um, be just because our, our schedule has been you know so hectic and uh, you know just trying to, to take every moment and, and be productive and, and not worry about what I used to do or what I need to do just really focus on what I can do right now. Texting with Paul DeYoung last night, he said, yep, that's one I'm going to remember for a long time. His first ever Grand Slam in the big leagues, the Cardinals win it, and they needed every run, 7-5. to five. It got interesting late. Cardinals game two tonight. You can see it on Fox Sports Midwest. Really looking forward to the pitching matchup tonight. KK, Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray has been one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. Cardinals now with the starters starting to get stretched out. Rick Horton was uh, a guest on... Carriker and Smallman this morning, and he was asked, are the Cardinals a playoff team? Yeah, I think they're a playoff team, but, you know, uh, part of part of why I'm saying that is because, you know, there are eight teams in each league that are playoff teams. And so uh, I think you once you get to that point, uh, guys, I think this is, is what might happen. I think the Cardinals, you know, first or second place is all you need or a wild card after that. So you play 500, you're a playoff team, essentially, in the National League. So the Cardinals get in. And then you get that breath of fresh air when you realize, oh, my goodness, it's October. You get energized. And then maybe you just go into a short series with, with Wainwright and Flaherty and Hudson and, and Kim. And who you know and, and all of a sudden you, you, you beat a team like the Dodgers and the momentum just builds. So I, I think and you have all the doubleheaders behind you and, and now you're, you're at full strength. So, so I do think that that's possible. I think it's possible with a lot of teams, but I do think it's possible with the Cardinals. And Carlos. Didn't mention him, Carlos Martinez. Just get in. Mention it all the time. Just get in. I think this is such a crucial week for the Cardinals. You know, Brad Thompson mentioned it. Kind of make or break, might be. You got Cincinnati here. You, you win two or three. It's about winning series. Win the series here with Cincinnati. Get a little separation. Pick up a game there. Then you go into Chicago. You got five games this weekend. Then you're done with the Cubs. In, you know, you get back home. We'll see how it plays out. 636 from the text line, Air Comfort Service text line. Do you think 39-year-old Wayno gets some Cy Young Award votes uh, this year? Uh, he's not, at least at this point, he's not going to win the Cy Young. But would he get a vote or two? Maybe. He's been the MVP probably of the Cardinal season. I would put it that way. That's how good he's been. Danny Mack, how about this lineup in terms of the outfield going into tonight? Thomas in left, Carlson in center, Fowler in right field. I would look at that. I'd also look at Bader in center. I, I think at one point you have to look at maybe giving Carlson a little break after what I saw last night. Although, again, Carlson's got to play. If he's here, he's going to play. I say that. I don't want to bury the young man, though. If he struggles, I don't want to bury him. He has shown glimpses of playing well. I like that. Uh, Danny Mack, where was the Grand slam call last night? Hey, baby, I just got to mix it in every once in a while. Don't always do it. Not always. Went to break with the Grand, uh, grand slam. I didn't do it on the call. I mix it in. Get off my back, will you? 314. Thanks for noticing. Um, what do you expect out of Kim tonight, Danny Mack? Uh, I'm going to go six innings. Now nah, I'm going to give him seven. I'm going to give him seven because he's going to be stretched out. He'll give you seven tonight. What are you thinking? Am I too optimistic? That's a big trend. That'd be uh, three in a row with seven or more. Kind of like it, though. Overly optimistic, maybe. He had a great start last time out. Reds aren't hitting, though. Reds aren't hitting. Now, if they get Suarez hitting, had a couple of hits last night, different story. 
Maybe they get a jump with Goodwin. Does he play tonight? Maybe. But he's a left-handed bat. Maybe he doesn't play tonight. Eh. Votto, lefty. Mm. We'll see. Sonny Grace, tough, man. They need a win. I mean, this is a big game for the Reds. They got to get a win tonight. September 1st. It's September 1st. And they, they bought again yesterday. They well, kept they kept adding more. It's like it's like when you're having a hot streak or you're having a cold streak at the uh, at the old roulette table, and you're like, actually, no, I got to keep keep pouring it on because I'm going to win it back. Well, Dick Williams is the Reds' president of baseball operations. I, to me, they had to um, they had to go for it. I mean, they to Ricky's point, and I think he's exactly right. Half the league is going to make the postseason. You got to go for it. Trevor Bauer is a free agent to be. Um, and if you're the Reds and you get in with the kind of pitching that they have, there's no home field advantage, in my opinion, because there's no crowd. And if you have the pitching that they have, the kind of starting pitching that they have, you can steal two out of three. So you go for it. And that's what I was thinking yesterday. And I posed a hypothetical question. If Lance Lynn ended up going to the Dodgers, would he have started a game in the best of three? Would it have been Bueller, Kershaw, Lynn? Like, I don't know. And I, maybe that's the reason they didn't pull the trigger. Well, they're awfully good. They're on pace to win 45 out of 60. Not do you bad. Really, do you really need to tinker? Exactly. I don't think so. Um, all right, let's do this. We'll cross it over. Ribs BK next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Conversations off the air, a lot of times better than they are on the air. <laughs> we should podcast some of this. Trust me, that is exactly the case from 11 to 2. Ribs and BK coming up, and they'll take you till 2 in the fast lane. Guys, always good to see you. What's coming up on the program, BK? Well, we've got JR coming up at 11.30. Very excited about that. He had a report yesterday. The Blues might be losing an important member of their front office, so we will talk to him about that coming up at 11.30. I am fascinated by this Cardinals offense right now, Danny Mack, and what we are going to see moving forward with their outfield. Because now that you've got Lane Thomas back with Tommy Edmond kind of filtering through in the outfield, I don't know how they're going to make this work while they're trying to play Dex every day, and he deserves to be playing every day right now. It's it's going to be fascinating to see what they decide to do out there. Yeah, and and Miller's cooled off a little bit, so you might get some at-bats at a DH your spot. Best hitters, though. Yeah, um, I, I propose the idea of maybe moving Carlson up, because to me, if Carlson's going to be here every day, if he's, if he's going to be every day, certainly he deserves a day off here or there. I mean, confidence is a thing that you... you you know, you don't want the young man to get buried. And I, I didn't think his at-bats last night were very good. You know, maybe today's a day off, but you're also in the situation where you ride hot hands. And if somebody catches fire, then you got to keep playing them. Maybe you move Carlson up to a two spot in front of Goldschmidt, who was on base five times yesterday. That'd be an I mean, interesting move. You know, there's a lot of things you can do. So it is going to be interesting to see how they... Uh, kind of have that makeshift lineup and get it going. I don't know. It seems like right now they're finally starting to get an actual middle of the order, which is something that this team, as you know, certainly Jamie yeah. knows, they, they've been missing that for some time. Paul DeYoung last night looking awesome. great. Yeah. This, having him and Goldschmidt looking like themselves again it completely changes the complexion of the lineup. If they can just get that bottom of the order to give them something, because they have had nothing from Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson this year, and they've both come up so many times in big spots with runners in scoring position. If they could get anything out of that, 
suddenly we're looking at this offense completely differently. Instead of being towards the bottom of the league and basically all of the run statistics, they're going to start looking more towards the middle of the league. And with this pitching, that's good enough. And normalcy, normalcy with the pitching, too. Now you're getting stretched out with your starters. How about Hudson? Look great. Look great last night. You got KK going tonight. You got Sonny Gray going. I'm, I'm looking forward to the pitching matchup. If you love baseball, on paper, should be a fun game to watch tonight. So, all right, guys, looking forward to Jamie, your show. Jamie, good performance today in this crossover, man. Yeah. No mistakes today. I'll take it. Yep. You had the headsets on, the microphone was on, and... Uh, Just happy to be a part of it, Dan. Boy, that was uh, great input from you. Okay, Ribs BK coming up next on 101 ESPN.